we find a better way to reduce unscheduled downtime? Trucks are like shoelaces. They only break when you really need them. In a world more perfect than the one in which we live, trucks would reliably go 25, 50, or even 75,000 miles between PM intervals. And in that more perfect world, we'd have all the time we need to perform our PM tasks. But in this real world, it's a constant struggle to get trucks off the road long enough to give them a thorough going over. Later in this episode, Tony Morthland, the Director of Equipment and Facilities at Nussbaum Transportation, shares his strategies for making the best of the time he has with his trucks in order to keep them off the hook between PMs. But first, Jim Buell, the Executive Vice President of Sales and Marketing at FleetNet America, is going to share some of the findings of the TMC FleetNet Vertical Benchmarking Survey. Some fleets apparently are very good at some aspects of truck maintenance. Which begs the question, if some fleets are so good at maintenance, why can't everyone else be that good too? I'm Jim Park and this is HGT Talks Trucking, Season 2, Episode 6. Jim Buell and Tony Morthland coming your way right after this. HGT Talks Trucking is sponsored by Heavy Duty Trucking Exchange. HDTX is a unique networking event for fleets and suppliers that opens doors to long and beneficial business relationships. Go to heavydutytruckingexchange.com to learn more. And if you run light to medium duty trucks, check out Work Truck Exchange. That's worktruckex.com. Jim Buell is the Executive Vice President of Sales and Marketing at FleetNet America. In addition to the maintenance and breakdown services the company provides, FleetNet America partners with TMC to compile the TMC FleetNet Vertical Benchmarking Survey. It reveals, among other things, the gaps between best-in-class fleets in a particular segment, average fleets, and the poorest performing fleets in those segments. It shows very clearly that there's always room for improvement in particular maintenance categories. And since this episode is about reducing downtime through better maintenance, I thought we should have Jim explain what he's seen in some of those survey reports. Jim, thanks for joining us here on HTT Talks Trucking. Oh, my pleasure, Jim. It's good to be here. Can you briefly explain to us how you track and tabulate that fleet breakdown data? There's two, two things that we do. First of all, we ask participating fleets uh, to provide 100% of their unscheduled roadside repairs have them accurately VMRS-coded, and then provide us the if-to-fuel mileage for the assets that are involved. That's what we ask on the fleet side. Then what FleetNet does on the second side of this coin is we maintain a, a database of all of the, the data that's collected by, by vertical, and then we spin back to the participating fleets, an analytic drill-down tool, it's ClickSense-based, that allows them to compare their performance to that of their vertical, uh, the, uh, the vertical average. Okay, so in all the uh, data collecting you've done, uh, what are the uh, sort of top five reasons for breakdowns on a typical over-the-road truck? Well, in the fourth quarter, uh, across these three verticals, LTL, tank, and truckload, uh, it was, uh, um, tires was number one. Doesn't surprise anybody. No, no surprise the there. Brakes was number two. Yeah, no. Uh, lighting was number three. Power plant was number four. And cooling system was number five. Now, we find tires, brakes, and lighting are consistently in the top three. Uh, have been since we started this in the fourth quarter of 2017. Uh, things change a little bit by seasonality uh, and a little bit by vertical. There were some change in the, the fourth and fifth most frequent repair did change slightly by, by some of the verticals. 
explain to me the difference or, or perhaps the reasoning for the fluctuations in, in different quarters. Is it seasonal? Is it weather-related, do you think? Roadside failures can be dramatically impacted by, by weather conditions. A couple of examples. Tires is very obvious. Yep. Uh, we see tire fa- failures increase in, in the lighter part of the second quarter when the roads heat up. Uh, and, but we also, there's some things surprise me. Uh, lighting failures uh, uh, increase during the, the first quarter of the, the winter. And that's, as I dug into it, I discovered that that is due to uh, slush and ice. Uh, getting in the the, uh, the the butt connectors of the the lighting fixtures and and causing problems. Uh, also, we find APU uh, exhaust system uh, is affected by APUs running in the uh, uh, winter quarters to keep the cab warm, and that's particularly uh, predominant in the uh, the truckload vertical. And fleets, I guess, would do well to uh, recognize that in their PM practices too, if they know they're coming into a season where a particular component or system is more prone to failure. Uh, probably that means uh, it's time to take a closer look at it. Exactly right. And and this is one of the values of, of the TMC FleetNet Vertical Benchmarking Program. Uh, one of the, the fleets that was best in class a year ago on lighting, uh, I, I, I called them up and said, why, why are you so good at, at this lighting? And it's kind of funny, Jim. You, you could hear them kind of stare at the ceiling, maybe the chair squeak a little bit, and they said, well, you know, last year in the third quarter, we installed a, a instituted a program in our maintenance, our, 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 our PM schedule, that we had a super check the heat shrink on the butt connectors of every unit in the third quarter. And what happens is we went into winter, the fourth quarter, and the winter of uh, in, the, in the first quarter of the following year, uh, they had very few uh, repairs in that assembly that, that others uh, suffered. Something as simple as uh, a proper wire repair or connection repair. Or the process. Uh, connection, how you put, how they, and in that case, it's how they protected the connection. Yeah. And everyone says, that you're, everyone knows that's what you're supposed to do. They, they made the investment, and it is an investment. Uh, they made the investment of paying a supervisor to double-check the work. And the great thing about the TMC FleetNet Vertical Benchmarking Program is it allows you to understand, was that investment worthwhile? Because we, it calculates for you, uh, the dollars you saved by being better than the vertical average. So you can say, okay, it, we figured it cost us X dollars, but we saved Y uh, in, the, in the first quarter, and that paid for it. Or they could say, gee, maybe it wasn't worth it. But it <laughs> gives them data to make a decision. So you talked just a couple of minutes ago about uh, the fleet with the lighting example. You're, you're, you're benchmarking. When you look at these charts that uh, you provided me, on various verticals. Um, just to take one example, in the truckload sector, the truckload dry van sector, you showed that the best fleet in this particular segment was running over 41,000 miles uh, between breakdowns, while the average for that sector, you said, was 14,000 miles. That's a 188% difference. How do you explain that? I mean, what, what can that fleet be doing that's that much better that, you know, almost three times the mileage between breakdowns? Well, you know, I, I, this has been the case, particularly in the truckload vertical, since we started. And, um, it, I, and I, I have called the, the fleet that was best in class. And just as you said, it says, what are you doing? And, and, and I, I asked my question by VMRS system. So it's not just an overall picture, but why, why are you so good in tires? Why are you so good in, in, uh, in lighting? And just as that, that example I gave you, 
when people think about it, they say, well, I did install this practice at this time, and it must be doing that. So it, it is very much maintenance choice related. It, it's choices that people are making in their maintenance operation that are affecting uh, the outcome. And the funny thing is, is without the data to compare against other fleets, fleets that are doing great work can run the risk of stopping to do it because it's just onerous or they don't know if it's, if it's helping. So I, the fleets quite often have best practices, but they didn't know they were the best practices. They felt by their gut that was right, but once they had data, they were able to say, oh, my gosh, I want to make sure I, I keep that practice. So that fleet that makes sure that their butt connections are uh, heat shrunk uh, and wrapped uh, going into the winter, they're going to do that next year because they've got the data to, to back that up. It's also worth mentioning, and you track this in your, uh, in your report, you showed, uh, for example, in the fourth quarter 2019 compared to the fourth quarter of 2018, uh, vehicle repair costs were up 26%. So for every breakdown you have, it's probably costing you more than the one you had last year. Exactly. And, and this is why people need to be paying attention to the data because we've seen repair costs go up every quarter for the past five or six quarters. And uh, I don't think it's going to go go down. There, there's, there's some uh, trends that are happening. Uh, and the biggest one we see as we talk to fleets and we talk to, to vendors that provide the service is that equipment is getting more complex. OEMs are doing some great things to, to give us more reliable equipment. But when you have to repair it, it costs more to do that. And a great example of that is looking at, at tire inflation systems. Those have become uh, ubiquitous uh, in the truckload vertical in particular. However, when you do have a tire failure, maybe it's a puncture, uh, now with the vendor, that uh, the service provider that does the work, not only has to uh, re- remove the tire, but before they can do that, they have to re- remove the tire inflation system. Sure and enough. then remove the tire, replace the tire, and then replace the tire inflation system. So we are seeing, because of the complexity of newer equipment, we are seeing repair times on the side of the road increasing, and we are seeing increase in towing uh, events because there's some things that just can't be done on the side of the road anymore. It has to be towed into a, to a, to a dealer or a garage. Our overall cost per repair cracked $500. Our, our cost per roadside repair cracked $500 in the, uh, the fourth quarter of 2019. That's the first time we've seen it go, we, uh, go over that level. It's the average cost of a repair. Wow, that's huge. That's the average cost of mechanical repair. We, yep. we, we remove tires from the equation because of the national tire accounts. We don't have visibility into enough of the tire data to, to use it. So that's, that's mechanical repairs and towing, average cost uh, over $500 in the fourth quarter. Hmm. So paying closer to attention to your maintenance not only keeps your trucks up and running longer, it saves you a ton of money in repair costs as well. It, it does. It, it gives you better customer experience, better driver experience, and saves you money. Well, where can people get hold of this information? How can they put this to work for their own fleets? People can reach out to me. My email address is jimb at fleetnetamerica.com, or they can go to the uh, uh, www.benchmarket.fleetnetamerica.com and just say, hey, I'm interested, and we'll have somebody get in touch with, you, with them. You do not have to be a customer of Fleetness to participate. We've got quite a few participants that I do nothing more for than just bring the, bring the data together. Uh, you just have to agree to give us, put all of your information in there. 
uh, get it accurately coded, and provide the IFTA mileage. If we have clean data, we can spin back to you something that will help you reduce your events, make your operation more effective. I appreciate your time this afternoon, Jim. Thank you. I appreciate it. We just heard from Jim Buell of FleetNet America on the results of the TMC FleetNet Vertical Benchmarking Survey. It's clearly possible to excel at some aspects of truck maintenance, but it remains a struggle for many fleets. Tony Morthland joins us next to talk about the challenges he faces in getting his trucks into the shop long enough to get done the work that needs to get done. Tony's here right after the break. Don't go away. Heavy Duty Trucking Exchange is put on by Heavy Duty Trucking Magazine and our host suppliers. Our editors tapped into decades of experience working with trucking fleets to develop this valuable annual event. If you qualify, we'll bring you and a few dozen other fleet managers to Scottsdale, Arizona for a jam-packed session of networking, education, and fun. It all happens in a friendly, intimate environment where you can develop lasting relationships and pick up ideas to make your business more successful. Go to heavydutytruckingexchange.com to learn more. And if you operate light to medium-duty work trucks, check out Work Truck Exchange. That's worktruckex.com. We're talking now with Tony Morthland. He's the Director of Equipment and Facilities at Nussbaum Transport in Illinois. Tony, welcome. Yeah, thank you for having me come on. So how much of a problem is unscheduled maintenance for a fleet like yours and, you know, fleets generally? You know, it's it's kind of an ongoing problem. Uh, We just kind of expect it. Uh, Most of the time, you get your equipment in, check it out, do a PM, and uh, everything checks out fine, and the driver's on his way. Uh, there's there's many times, however, that you get it in with a PM and start doing the inspection, and you know you find many problems, and uh, you either put the unit down uh, for for a day to try to get it fixed up, or you have to put him in a spare, or, or try to work with operations and and try to keep the driver going and try to keep the load going if all possible. What kind of time do you normally budget for a, a typical PM? Well, you know, that's one thing we're kind of studying right now because um, we're really trying to push operations and the drivers to understand preventative maintenance and what it takes. If you go back several years, even 10 years ago, we were doing oil changes at 25,000 miles. And now we've got extended drains clear out to, you know, 75,000 miles plus. So even though we're doing less maintenance, it's still a struggle to get the equipment in the shop and and have the amount of time that we need. So we're actually looking right now at each uh, year of truck and kind of compiling some history data that uh, will tell us, you know, is is a new truck four hours that we need? You know, maybe a truck is three years old. Maybe we need it for eight hours to look at the PM and all the follow-up that we do and kind of get an average time, that way we can, we can work with ops and say, hey, you know, this is a, this is a 2017 truck, and you know, automatically we need, need it here for eight hours. How much of an effort do you have to put in working with operations and dispatch to try and schedule the trucks back in so you can, uh, you know, you can get some eyeballs on them? Well, that, that's kind of the age-old struggle. You know, I, I think... People that's in the maintenance world probably understand the full system in the trucking world 
maybe even more so than than operations. We fail, I believe, as a maintenance side of things to tell dispatch, um, try to educate them on what it takes to bring the equipment in. Because a, a lot of the people, um, if you if you look at their cars, you know they they buy a used car, they drive it until something happens, they take it to the shop, they drop it off in the morning, they pick it up at night, they pay the bill, and they move on, and they don't do anything until it's something happens again, or they take it to a speed lube and have it oil changed. Well, trucks aren't like that, and unless we can educate dispatch to understand that we have to have the equipment down on a scheduled basis to get our work done to it, get a proper inspection to it, and then let it go out. Otherwise, if you don't do that, you end up with more breakdowns, more downtime, and it it just doesn't work. Well, you know, maybe I just hang around with all the wrong people at TMC there, but everybody seems to say that. PM is king. It, it, it ought to be an easy argument to make. Well, it is, but I've, I've had some lengthy conversations with our uh, director of operations, and one of, the, one of the challenges that we have here is, it's like even on the maintenance side, there's not that many people out there that are experienced. So trying to hire a dispatcher that has, has got any experience on it at all. So we, we basically hire someone that doesn't know anything about trucking, and then we teach them. So if you really look at it on their side, dispatch, the dispatchers, operations people, are being hounded by the load coordinators. Hey, we got this load to haul. It's got to get there on time. You know, they hear that many times a day. And, of course, it gets relayed, relayed to the drivers that, hey, you got to get this load delivered on time. We got another load ready for you, and, and and the driver wants to make money too. Mm-hmm. But us in the maintenance side, we don't get to talk to them very much. So it's it's kind of like the greasy wheel gets the most attention. So when you got somebody breathing down your throat, that that the most important thing in your job is to is to get the driver to his load, get it picked up, get it delivered, and then start all over again and then us maintenance guys every once in a while we say hey we got to get this truck in and get it taken care of so uh, it's kind of the the vicious cycle that we do it's it's just hard to hard to get past it (laughs) it must be tempting for you uh to go back to operations and say look i told you so you know we needed more time with that truck (laughs) because i mean that that's going to throw a wrench into their plans too having to go through all those hoops to get the truck moving again well, it, it just, you know, we're an ESOP, so we're all owners, and it, it all costs extra money. And one of the things that we've been trying to do more is to show everybody the costs. So, you know, at one point in time, we had a, we had a map every 100 miles from the shop, and we had, like, towing. How much does it cost to tow a truck back to the shop based on, you know, 50 miles, 100 miles, clear up to 300 miles. Because we're looking at downtime, and we know that the shops, if we tow it in there, might be there three days. We might be able to tow the truck back to the shop and get him up and running in a day. And so we've been able to do that. We've also been looking at PM cost. 
Um, you know, it's the raw cost of PMs for our shop doing it versus doing it out on the road is about a third uh, of the cost. That's significant. But there again, yeah, there again, it's the quality yep. of the PM. And it's hard to, you can kind of put a number to it because you can start looking at breakdowns if a truck, you know, we've got some dedicated operations that we try to get the equipment back once a year to look it over. But there again, they get PMs done, you know, at, at a vendor's location. And no matter how much we work with those vendors trying to understand that we want a thorough PM, you still have issues. And it doesn't matter. You get your truck to your own shop, you know they're going to do the best job because they're looking out for the drivers, they're looking out for us as owners and trying to keep our costs down. Indeed, yeah. Let's talk about PMs while we're sort of on that subject. Um, How can you do a more thorough and effective PM without getting into excessive cost and downtime or, you know, just keeping the thing um, down for longer than it needs to be? There's got to be a real balancing act there. Well, first, you kind of started with the technician. And, you know, we've, we've struggled with technicians here um, as well. And we've got a lot of younger guys that were, were growing from the ground up. And so we're trying to train them on the importance of making sure they look. Uh, back in the older days when I worked for a leasing company, you know, our philosophy was we would basically take our most expensive tech and do a PM. doesn't always happen that way, but because that tech was the most experienced tech and he would find the most problems with that truck. So when that truck left, you know, it pretty well would go until the next PM. You get a, a younger guy, less experienced, he might miss something. And there again, you've got guys that, you know, somebody looks at the truck, and then you get another tech looks at the truck, and they find different items. So it's always a challenge to get the right person to do PMs. Um, as far as the checklists and the equipment, you know, year by year with the technology, everything changes. So we take our basic checklist, and then we start adding or changing based on repairs that we find on the road, uh, possibly something that we're missing. Uh, we're always looking at root cause. You know, why did this truck come in the shop unscheduled? Why did it have to go to a dealer unscheduled? Is it something that we can do cost-effectively here to check it? You know, just like uh, uh, Delta P sensors. We, we, we're starting to have problems with those out on the road, and, and the check engine light wasn't really coming on, but we noticed fuel mileage drops and horsepower drops, so we finally figured out that we needed to clean them, so we put that on our PM list that they got to be cleaned okay. once a year and checked out. And, you know, that, that saved us on fuel, it saved us on downtime, it saved us on driver frustration. It's things like that that, you know, if you, if you listen to your text and you have a good, good team or whatever that you've got, if somebody sees something and, you know, we've got pretty much the same truck got 450 of the same unit. So if we see something on one unit a certain year, if we see it more than twice, it's like, okay, now it's a problem. 
that we need to we need to let everybody know. We need to add it to the checklist and uh, perform some sort of preventive maintenance on that problem so that we don't wait until it breaks down or has a problem. When you're trying to track all this, obviously somebody probably used managing all the data input so you can see these things showing up as, as trends. But you've got to take that back to the technicians. And if, if you've got a shortage of those folks in your shops uh, or you're constantly bringing in new people, um, how do you manage to keep them um, you know, trained and qualified uh, to work on all the latest equipment. Yeah, that one—that's a struggle. Um, you know, you know, we we have so much information nowadays compared to you know twenty, thirty years ago when I was turning wrenches, and you had everything in your head, and you kind of knew, you know, what goes on, what fleets, what units, what years that you had problems with, and with with this day and age, with everything being electronic and and even you know we're looking at electronic checklists and and all this data. It's really a struggle to to try to keep it so you can understand your whole process. Um, we still do a lot of manual type data analysis. We know that sooner or later, probably within the next two years, there's probably going to be some more predictive maintenance type um, software out there that will actually tell us probably before the check engine light comes on, it says, hey, this this truck is not in its normal operating range. This sensor is not in its normal operating range. There's something starting to happen to it. I, we can't wait for that. Yeah, <laughs> yeah I'll bet. Yeah, it's just, just the raw data, just trying to, you know, everybody's everybody's extremely busy, and, and we're trying – not to get in our own rut, uh, trying to stay on top of it, uh, but it's it, it's a struggle all around. I'm sure. You know, yeah. the, the techs nowadays they we we put a lot of stuff out there. We've got a a tech communication page that we use like on a Google spreadsheet. So anytime a piece of equipment comes in, it's got something weird that we find wrong with it. We actually post it on there under VMR, and then if we come up with something that Similar to that, we can go out and search that and and find that unit because I'll be truthful, I can't remember anything like I used to anymore. <laughs> so I I can't tell you that that unit, you know, fourteen fifty six had this problem a year ago. <laughs> so. Well, before we wrap up, then just can you give me like a top three things that you know, if you could, your wish list uh, would make some of these problems go away. Well, I, I I think predictive maintenance when it comes around, um, I'm really hoping that that hits pretty soon because I believe that's where this whole industry lacks a little bit for the amount of technology that we have. Um, the one thing that that people don't get too is is all this unscheduled maintenance that gets put into the vendors and the and the dealerships. Even us guys that try to do a good job and, and we think we're doing a good job, it still affects us because all these other owner-operators, trucking companies, whoever that's putting this backlog into the dealerships, you know, when we have a problem and somebody goes there, you know, we're in line with everybody else. And if it's two or three days, then it's two or three days for us too. So, you know, 
I'm sure many of us would reach out to fleets that that have a problem or have questions because we want the problem to you know be eliminated as well so that the we can get in the shop and get our trucks taken care of so mm-hmm. uh, between that and it, it's all it's just constant training I mean whether it's a tech driver operations it's getting in front of people and 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 trying to give them the knowledge the power to to understand preventative maintenance and and what what will keep their truck on the road the longest. Tony Morthland is the Director of Maintenance and Facilities at uh, Nussbaum Transport in Hudson, Illinois. Tony, thanks for sharing that with us today. Yeah, thank you. Thank you for having me on. HDT Talks Trucking is sponsored by Heavy Duty Trucking Exchange. HDTX is a unique networking event for fleets and suppliers that opens doors to long and beneficial business relationships. Go to heavydutytruckingexchange.com to learn more. And if you run light to medium duty trucks, check out Work Truck Exchange. That's worktruckex.com. Whether it's recalcitrant dispatchers and load planners or drivers who just don't know a relay valve from a mud flap, the road to a perfect PM is a long and winding one. Special thanks to our guests for this time, Jim Buell of FleetNet America and Tony Morthland of Nussbaum Transportation. Well, that's it for Season 2. We're working on Season 3 as you listen to this. We'll have six fresh episodes queued up and ready to go come June the 1st. If you like HDT Talks Trucking, please visit Apple Podcasts and give us a positive rating and a review. That helps us reach a much broader audience. And if you find the podcast valuable, please share it with your co-workers and friends on social media. HDT Talks Trucking is produced by Deb Lockridge, recording and audio production by Jim Park. Heavy Duty Trucking Magazine is published by Bobbitt Business Media. I'm Jim Park. Thanks for listening. We'll catch you in Season 3. Oh, 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 oh,